0: Hey, listen to this. You can vote for me, Kim Ayers, for the Please Me's Top 100 Rockstar Sexperts in 2021. Just go to blog.pleaseme, and that's with a Z, so it's dot ecom and search for me and click the heart it would be an honor to be included in such an amazing list of sex sexperts. Voting continues through January 25th. Please Me is the best social media platform for adults to explore their sexuality on a safe, sex-positive platform. So be sure to check them out too. And vote for me to be one of the top 100 rockstar sexperts in 2021 from Please Me, P-L-E-A-Z-E-M-E, Dot com. Thanks. Sex Chat with Kim Ayers is proudly sponsored by Cal Exotics, the world's first woman-owned adult pleasure products manufacturer, the Magic Wand, the longtime favorite massager of millions, and NAS Toys, providing your sexual pleasure from head to toe. All of our fabulous sponsors' products are available at grandopening.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sex Chat with Kim Ayers, with a very special guest. Uh, Just to let you know, my throat might be a little scratchy, but you know, it's these things happen in life, so not to worry. I've got plenty of tissues by me, and water, and tea, so I'm well taken care of. But I didn't want to miss the opportunity to interview one of my dear friends that's got an amazing story that everyone will love to listen to. So Without any further ado, I am going to introduce you to the wonderful, incredibly talented and beautiful Miss Veronica Vera.
1: Yay! Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kim. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to see you. It's been a while since we've seen each other in person. Now we're live and hugging and everything. Amazing. Amazing. And this is in New York City, everybody. So yes, sex chat does go
0: all over the world, including New York City so for people that do not know you and your incredible legacy that you've established tell us
1: more oh well yeah new york has been my home since uh since being graduated from college and i came here to be a writer and 30 years ago, I started the world's first transgender academy or cross dressing academy, Miss Vera's finishing school for boys who want to be girls. So I made a slight detour um, along the way. And that was, uh, it all came about because I couldn't type. I came oh. to New York to be a writer, <laughs> I interviewed at publishing houses, I failed all the typing tests miserably. And um, then I did have a friend who was working in publishing, and she happened to be working at Penthouse, and she was editing a f- magazine called Variations, all about the variations of sexuality, kinky sex, swinging, you name it, all about how those variations could it could make for a, a better sex life. And you know, if you can, so yes, it's old school. The Variations
0: magazine It was a little kind of like almost paperback-sized magazine but this is a thing that's so amazing about it it's timeless all of these stories are timeless so yeah maybe they're a little old and they don't reference the internet or things like that but they're pretty hot and so if you can ever track some down I highly recommend
1: pick up a couple copies and see what it does to you so keep going I want to hear more <laughs> well when I what what that did it not only introduced me to the world of sexuality it also introduced me to a lot of people who were exploring sexuality uh, from a very you know outlaw adventurous point of view and a lot of the people who like me had grown up in the 50s where you know no one talked about sex I grew up as this repressed Catholic girl so where I thought like oh I'll just write a couple stories for this magazine and that will teach me how to write and sex will be is always important in my life so I'll learn how to write about sex but then I'll write about a lot of other things but sex became such a you know an interesting field to me and i met a lot of incredible people one of whom Right away, I met Annie Sprinkle. Annie and I became best friends. And I met people like Marco Vassi, a great write- oh, writer, wow. Charles Gatewood, photographer, spir- spider web, tattoo artist. So and BK, who was my editor, Mademoiselle Vitoire, they all belonged to a group called Armat Press. So I became friends with all of them. But Annie, Annie and I became bosom buddies. And shortly after that I met another person who was very instrumental in my life because I was really looking to write regularly and I met um, Jared Rudder
0: who came to New York I know him yeah he's very quiet I met him at a kinky
1: party that's a kind of nerdy (laughs) you know it's those are the ones you got to watch out for you know exactly I met Jared Jared. at a at an orgy birthday party for a very handsome bodybuilder named Roger Koch so it was Roger's birthday and um and and there was Jared sitting quietly and and I had just you know made my first x-rated movie i had you know had a lot of adventures and we started talking and you know jared asked me about myself and i was so enthusiastic about my life that he asked if he could interview me and and so i agreed he interviewed me and he and he made me the cover story of a an issue of adam and he he titled it um you know Veronica Vera sexiest woman in New York. Oh great. And it's still
0: true too by the way everybody, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> exactly.
1: Believe it, it's true. So, and he called me also the thinking man's porn star. So I I, I, I really like great that too. titles. So, I like the way he presented me. And so then I called him up because Adam was published in LA. So, I said, "Why don't you let me be the your New York correspondent?" So, that was the start of my column for Adam Magazine that I had for like a dozen a dozen years every wow. month, a column called Veronica Vera's New York. And sex was my beat. Times Square was my beat. I covered the sex life of New York. A lot of times, Annie and I worked together. We call ourselves high-heeled journalists. So, she took the photos. I did the interviews. So, um, that was, you know, that... That was a dozen years of my life, and after that dozen years, I felt like, oh, now I want to write a memoir about what I learned exploring my sexuality, and I had all these columns, you know, as my inventory. And just around that same time, I met someone who was helping cross-dressers with their hair and makeup, and... uh, She was going to leave town. She was going to. It was. She was kind of like the new age days, and she was going to go and study study Reiki. And this is now we're past AIDS, you know. But I had met her at a group called the Healing Circle. Mm -hmm. And so she asked me. She said, "I'm leaving town. Do you want to? um, I have some people who want to come to town and be cross dressed, and I know you have a lot of connections in the world of, you know." of sex and kinkiness. And do you want to have some of my clients? So she left me only a couple of people. But I really enjoyed the work working with these cross dressers. And then I when I decided to like really concentrate on writing a memoir rather than a lot of columns, I thought, well, you know, how could I increase my income? Uh, and I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll look to advertise this work with the cross dressers. Oh, uh-huh. So that's when I placed an ad and I advertised a, a cross dressing academy. I didn't even call it by the Miss Vera's finishing school name yet. But um, shortly of working that, co- that ad for a year, people started calling. And this is all in my first book The Whole History of the Academy. Is in my first book, which is the same as a school name, Miss Vera's Finishing School for Boys Who Want to Be Girls. That's a great book. We sold it at grand opening. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And once I had the, you know, the name of the school, and and I knew that it was going to be in a ca- a school. You know, I felt like, well, you know, what these people need is is a school so they can learn, you know, how to present themselves and how to accept themselves too. So, and then I'm I i I'm not a great makeup artist, so I knew that I needed help. And that was when I thought, well, okay, I need a faculty. So all of these things that I needed kind of, and I felt that students needed, helped me put the whole idea of the academy together. And they're all called deans, which the I deans. think is The deans, the teachers are the yeah, deans, yeah, and uh, everyone loves the title, the dean of high heels, the person who teaches a walking class. And so I've had different deans through the years, but usually the deans stay with me for quite a long time. So I'm the, you know, I I have, I'm, you know, the academy is now 30 years old, so. Wow, wow. (laughs) So, but, uh, but, yeah. And what I
0: find so interesting, and this is, is to delve a little bit deeper into the whole cross-dressing thing, because a lot of people think it's fetish, a lot of people think it's gay. I mean, we see that with RuPaul drag, Mm -hmm. you know, drag show and everything it has skyrocketed in popularity, the whole drag thing. But I find that cross-dressing doesn't necessarily have to be that over-the-top imagery that's in RuPaul's grid. Not that I have any problem with it by any means, but I think a lot of people think of that, that that's what it is. But it's really, I mean, I heard a statistic years and years ago that the majority of cross-dressers are actually
1: straight-identified men. Mm -hmm a lot of the people who come to my academy they're living in both worlds and they're living uh, as straight men a lot about a lot of them are married a lot now more are able to share this with their partners but many still don't feel that they can share with their partners and yeah they come from the straight world and not from the gay world and so that's why they need even more help you know in in the in different in the movement and different things so Because they come from the straight world, a lot of them, you know, you talk about this white male privilege, a lot of them come from that place of having a lot of privileges of men. And and they also equate who they are as men with how they uh, safeguarding their investments, uh, not just of, you know, work and finance, but love. You know, it's that's oh, the big that's thing, you know, not wanting to lose love because they feel like if they, you know, if they really come out as their femmes and talk about, you know, these feelings of, you know, wanting to be a woman because they feel very strongly that they would like to be women full time mm-hmm. um, or or some some don't, but they still don't want to tell about their feelings right. at all. But they feel this, that they will lose love. So that's the big inhibitor, you know. I
0: bet. And I think, you know, the first word that pops in my head about that is vulnerability Mm -hmm. of like, man, you can't cry because then you're like Femi or, you know, and stuff like that. And I think, you know, I've played in the BDSM world, soon to be another podcast. (laughs) And um, (laughs) yeah, and when guys kind of give it up, they... You know, it's it's completing themselves because a lot of times they aren't encouraged to do that and like what you were saying with a partner or something like that, they're not encouraged to be like, Hey, yeah, go on my lingerie drawer, let's go shopping together or something like that. Right.
1: A lot of them would have much more understanding partners if they just let the partner in. They're immediately assuming, you know, that they're gonna be rejected. So Do you have conversations like that with them? Yes. Yes, definitely. That's yeah, a, that's and some policy. have and yeah. well I'm happy to say that more people have shared with their partners you know it's, it's much it, it, more than when I started you know so things are things have gotten better um, but you know there's yeah. still a lot of fear there so yeah
0: because it's really deep down personal I mean it's really personal and there's
1: a lot more understanding like it it To go shopping now, you know, you can go shopping in a department store. A lot of the department stores now are really hip to the fact that they have transgender customers and that some of them are the more awkward looking, you know, kind of straight man man in a dress.
0: Well, there's obviously a lot of shame around it, but then also a lot of encouragement. Um, One question that I have is, do you think there's a difference between cross-dressing and transgendered?
1: I think that you know the 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 people who come to me are transgender. Really? Yeah, I do. I do think that it's all kind of in that um, spectrum.
0: Oh, because I see transgender
1: like being a much deeper. Yeah, and you no, know, I'm, I think the people who come to me have very deep, very deep feelings to discover. And that. even you know, when I first started the academy, I didn't you know I chose the name for boys who want to be girls, because I didn't want to refer to the students as women. And because I felt like, well, they haven't had the same life experiences as women. I don't want to, um, offend, uh, cis women, you know, people. Uh And, but then 15 years into it, I changed my mind. And I, and it happened to be when I was at a party in this building, um, where I had the Academy and it was a, a party for someone who was leaving town. And, um, she knew all about the academy, and, and I had met some of her friends, some of her female friends, and we were doing a high heel walking class for all women, for you know, genetic, for, for cis women and for cross dressers and for trans women. So I was touting the class to some of her girlfriends, and so one of the women at the party, one of her girlfriends, said, "Oh, so you're going to have these guys in dresses, you know, um, in the walking class?" You know, with us women. So I said, "Well, it's not really accurate to call them guys in dresses." I said because when they're when they're dressed, they feel very, very strongly that they're women, as strong as they can feel. They feel, you know, that they are women. So when I said this, a voice behind me said, "Right on!" And so then this fellow came around and introduced himself, and I said, "It's really interesting that you supported what I said because I I never put it so strongly before." So he said, "Well, you know." And he introduced himself. He said, my name is Stu Cottingham, and uh, I'm bisexual, and I cross-dress sometimes. And that was so refreshing. It was so, like, out about it. And, you know, eventually we got married. You ever see that? (laughs) You know, you meet people in all different places. That's definitely one
0: of them. Yeah. When you mention the name, I'm like, wow, that wasn't Jared (laughs) Rudder.
1: So, yes, Stu, that's very sweet. Yeah, so that was, you know, then that was... That was how yeah. I, my, my how I met my husband. That's great. That's great. And this is this is
0: the whole thing because we'd been talking earlier about the impact of the internet on the support that's out there now for people that. Uh, you know, it's funny because I'm like, where do you, like do you say cross dressing and trans? Because nobody uses the term transvestite anymore. No, like, transvestite like is old an old school, like we know an out word. Another yeah, another bunch of it's words. a no no. It's a no no, but it's a great know? word.
1: It's a great word. It is. I like and it's it. a simple word. It just means changing, you know, change of clothes. Right, and it can go
0: anyway. You know, it can go male, female. I mean, it exactly. can go just anywhere on the spectrum type of thing. So, but it's funny because I don't. And this is just me personally, no hating emails or anything. But I see cross dressing and transgendered as two different things, which is kind of a little strange because um, I personally play in that field. Mm-hmm. That's another podcast um, and stuff. And it's not that I feel transgendered by any means, you know. But um, to do male drag is a completely different persona. So that's how I see cross-dressing as as opposed to being transgendered which is when you really embrace another gender and things so i mean i don't know if it's because i'm old school or if there's other people that think that way as well yeah, yeah.
1: well i usually actually they, they usually take the ed off it's transgender you know right. not as a uh a, 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 you know a passive verb but the other thing i want to bring out um not uh is going back to what Stu said which is another thing that um the bisexual part which is another thing that holds people back because a lot of the people who come here um a lot of people who cross-dress they will will have fantasies of being with men sometimes they're ready to act on it uh, very often they're ready to act on it, especially if they start, you know, being more comfortable with their fem cells. So this is another reason why they're afraid to share, because they don't want to, you know, to reveal these these feelings of, you know, wanting to have sex, which, which they can see as, like, in a way, homosexual sex. And that's why there's always that question, oh, or is everyone who comes here a homosexual? You know, that was the first, when I first started the academy, that was the question. Oh, is everybody gay? And it's like, No, you know that's much too simple an explanation right Right. exactly so
0: yeah it's and it that amazes me you know because it's just whatever whatever works for you and to be a different self I won't say character because it goes beyond just being a different character mm -hmm. you know but to be someone else and to experience and to have that um drive I guess you'd say of oh I want to have sex in a female as a female with a male but I'm not gay like that's and so I think that that's a lot that people have to that they do overcome one thing I know is I had you at my store and we did wonderful Mm workshops and everything is the number of graduates that you've had in your program how many would that be actually
1: oh well I mean actually come in we've probably done several thousand classes here. You know, and then with the books, you know, the books have reached thousands more. For sure. Like, how many do you think actually embrace it
0: and become transgendered, male to female?
1: Well, it's, uh, it's still a smaller percentage, I would say, but there are a lot of people who have come here who have transitioned, but I, I learn about it later, you know, so um, yeah, so I, I couldn't. I would still say it's a small percentage uh of the of the people who've come here because I think most of the people who've come here are still living in both worlds. But it could be as much as much as five percent, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know that I met. I I think Patty had come up with you. Yes. Uh Yeah, and
0: that she was one of your success stories and everything like that, which is great. Because this is the thing that impresses me so much is you give them the confidence and permission to do this, and I think that's. So powerful because in a lot of societies it's not encouraged, you know, and or parental and or religious societies. I mean,
1: the people who come here come from all over the world, you know, all different parts of the world. All different continents. The only continent that has not been represented in the academy is Antarctica. There we go. Every other continent we've had students. So
0: like it's a whole muckluck thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's guess. like you can't walk in mucklucks and look feminine. <laughs> Trust me on that one. Just just try it on Uggs, okay? It's not gonna work. <laughs> just telling you So yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Now, okay, this is I know that the Academy itself is quite in transition, you know, obviously due to COVID Mm -hmm. and stuff like that.
1: So what's going on with it? Oh, well, we're still getting applications. So I'm I'm thinking, and the deans, you know, we started working on some online classes. So there's, that is still a possibility of continuing with that. I'm definitely going to start doing some um, consultations um i think that's brilliant see where that see where we go with that because you know there are um, i'm also right now working on a memoir of my life in the 80s because that was oh. that was kind of put aside when the academy started i started working on that you know book um and then the academy took off so that memoir of the of you know all the work i did in times square and uh and the sex world in the 80s Went on the back burner, so now I'm back to work on this because co- that was the perfect time. COVID was the perfect time to start, you know, going back to writing. Sure. So, um, but the deans, you know, they're still, you know, very. Th- they love love working here. They love working with our students. So. Um, so we had started, you know, working on an online online presentation. That's great. What
0: are the classes that you have? Like, so let's say somebody wants to sign up. Mm-hmm. So they go to missvira.com.
1: MissVera.com, Miss the website. Yes. Right. So So the way the way, way it was done before was that people had the option to come and spend three hours with us, or six hours, or eight hours. Say, a st- and the the longer classes were. The more popular ones, because oh really? Yeah, once people got here, they really wanted to spend the full day. This is like a was you know, it's a dream come true experience. So For they sure. were in the company of supportive uh, women teaching them, and a lot of times going out and about was part of that. People, many people had never been out in in their feminine mode um, before. So, and New York was a very is a very welcoming place. Absolutely,
0: S- you have to watch out for those steam vents when you're wearing yeah. heels. Okay? <laughs> that's right. The great lesson number one. <laughs> exactly. You know? So exactly. that'll
1: teach you how to walk in heels. That's for sure. So, so they would come. You know, so they would come. Uh, we did a candle ritual where they dedicate themselves to uh, thanking themselves for being here, accepting you know, that they're here because they want to be, that no one's forcing them. Even, even if they were running a trip, they might be running a trip in their heads that, oh, I'm here because Miss Vera wants me to be the, you know. But still, you know, I want them to, to accept, uh, take personal responsibility for their sex, their, their, their desires. So they strip, we put them in female lingerie, they have their makeup done, and now we, we're, you know, dressing them in foundation garments and clothing, and we're we're taking pictures. Usually, photos are very important to the students. And then the uh, the makeup artist, who's usually Miss Bridey, our dean of makeup. Her her job is done. Then Miss Julia comes for walking class. How to walk in high heels. Miss Julia is a, a former ballerina. Oh, great! And uh, beautiful young Russian. Miss Bridey is just lovely lovely texas born beauty and everyone's so the deans are so enthusiastic so walking class and then miss judy who's our um she is the most kind of removed from this world like she comes from as like a she's a a jewish housewife basically (laughs) and she is the voice teacher but she's a a speech a licensed speech therapist oh wow so she does or voice class. And um, and so she's always got lots of questions, engages the student in conversation. And there's always, you know, there's time with me where, you know, usually in the beginning, before they even come, they fill out an enrollment application. They're on the phone with me. I find out more about them. I ask them questions about, you know, what they hope to accomplish. um, What is their number one fantasies Um, so I find out you know where they're coming from
0: do you find that a lot of times they admit to oh I did this as a little kid with my mom's Mm, lingerie yeah that doesn't surprise me at all because I swear I don't want to fetishize this but we'll just call it that to Mm -hmm. make it simple but like So many fetishes relate to experiences that we had as children, but we just didn't know what to do with them because we didn't have that maturity. So it's something like, you know, it felt really good to do that. I think cross-dressing is what legitimizes men's silk boxer shorts (laughs) because they can wear them. Nobody bats an eye like, oh, what are you, cross-dressing? You're wearing silk boxer shorts. No, 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 no they like the sensation of that because maybe it reminded them from when they were a kid and they put on silky underwear and really liked it and things. Yes. So it's kind of almost a stepping stone, I think, of why silk boxer shorts are so popular, which you can get at grandopening.com. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, I think that's it. Is You know, like I said, so, uh, so there's a lot of students that do...
1: Yeah, for just about every student who comes here, it started, it began in in childhood. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So they all have stories like that. And I think it's because, you know, a lot of sensations come in, you know, when you're a child and, and, uh, and when you're, when you're experiences, your first feelings of eroticism, like, so, you know, and you get, and it's confusing. And so the, the, the clothing gets hooked up with these early erotic feelings so and and it stays with it stays with the right. student.
0: And I bet that's it once they I uh, can put on lingerie that it's almost like that's a life-changing defining moment for them.
1: Yeah, and also like I've also have stories of, you know, of students where their their sisters were treated much more gently, you know, where the the boys would get hit, the daughters would, you know, the, their sisters would never get hit, you know, and 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 then there were stories of like, oh, my my uh, aunt or my grandmother used to dress me up in girls clothes and and at first i thought this was a fantasy because i had heard but then i heard it so many times i realized there were a lot of of aunties out there and grandmothers out there who really wanted their their little, you know, charges or even moms who really wanted their their, their sons to be daughters. And so, you know, we're dressing them up, you know, in, in That's pretty interesting. Day. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of these yeah. things.
0: And this is a thing is, you know, to bring it back to the pre- not back to the present time, but um like I know somebody, it's a couple, they're pregnant and they're gonna give birth to their child, but they're not gonna raise it as a girl or a boy, mm-hmm. or intersex or whatever the b- child is born. Right. They're gonna let the child choose their own gender, and part of me rolls my eyes at that. But then part of me thinks that's pretty cool.
1: You yeah. Know? Well, it's yeah. I mean, that's more. I think that's much more in line with thinking these days. It's a challenge. It's a challenge for a parent. I you know anything is a challenge for a parent. For you sure. Know? But um. But yeah, because it's like you know you can support the child in different ways so that give the child as many options as possible and then like see what happens you know exactly and that question of the you know the 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 difference between cross-dressing and transgender see I think that um that we all have many possibilities like someone like say um Caitlyn Jenner here's a prime example right here so caitlin jenner went through the whole life thing of my stu- just like my students cross-dresser mm. for a long time hidden and now you know transitioned so is that is caitlin jenner any more legitimate as a transgender person than somebody who still is staying as living in both worlds so that's that's why i think that okay it's like there's not such a big difference um you know and 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 but it's it's the goal of the movement the transgender movement to keep things separate because the you know cross dressers are still thought of as like kind of the fetishy not officially legitimate so they've kind of for, uh, been thrown under the bus so but there's not that much difference there's not the, I don't see that much difference and and as far as you know when we get it to the sexual aspects of it we all have enough holes and appendages and to experience sexual pleasure from anyone of any gender but again with the movement the movement likes to keep sex out of it but we can't you know sex is very very you know that's why for me sex positive means part of it is using sex as our guide to find out who we are as human beings not something to be afraid of and, and repress, but like You know, follow your sexual path to find out who you really are. Ooh.
0: (laughs) That's a really great, wonderful way to end the
1: podcast. That's like
0: mysterious and deep, (laughs) and I love it. And everything so I know we mentioned the website, and what is it again for people it's to get Ms. more info? Missvera.com,
1: and mm-hmm. you can find out about um, all three of my books on the website. You can find out about my how my memoir is coming as well, and you can find out whatever is happening now with Miss Vera's finishing school. For Fabulous. boys. Who want are to you be on girls. IG or Twitter? Uh, Instagram, yes, Miss Veronica Vera, uh, Twitter, yes, I think it's Veronica Vera. Miss Vera two one two I think but yes somewhere. oh there you go okay <laughs> so if you can dig those up too it'd probably be a quick easy search to get it there so yeah, I wanna, no, everything is on my uh, on, oh, the on the website okay, the links good. to everything YouTube channel too yay <laughs> excellent excellent
0: so for those of you who are curious definitely get in touch with her you could not be in better hands. Thank you so much for this incredible interview. And if you need your
1: toys, you know where to oh, go. Grand opening. <laughs> Yay, thank you for that too. <laughs> thank you, Kim. It's Yay. been a total has been pleasure. Great.
0: Thanks a lot.
1: To be continued.
0: Bye now. And now it's time to get to our listener questions. Don't forget, you can always submit your own to Kim Ayers Sex Chat at gmail.com and I'll answer it just like this one. Okay, so here's today's listener questions. You can email any question to me at Kim sex Chat at gmail.com, and I'll do my best to email you back and also answer it confidentially, of course, on my podcast. So the question's a really good one, and I hear this one a lot. How do I introduce a sex toy into a relationship? Hmm... Well, here goes, you know, a lot of times people can feel intimidated by someone using a sex toy, like, oh, aren't I good enough? Or things like that. And I like to see toys as an addition to sex, not a replacement of. So that's one thing for people to really understand. It's not that the partner is, you know, um, just kind of not doing it right or something like that. It's to enhance a relationship. A lot of times that can be treated kind of delicately too because you don't want to bruise egos or things like that. What I like to do usually is start out with something really simple like a bullet vibrator. There's plenty of really wonderful rechargeable ones out there that are available at grand opening, of course. And what you can do if they're not familiar with using sex toys, this is something to kind of find out beforehand too, you know, either in conversation or just, you know, talking about sex, you know, have you ever used toys? And if they haven't, a good way to get them used to the vibrations is again to get a small bullet vibe. Like I said, there's plenty of them out there and just put it in the palm of your hand, not to necessarily use it as a sex toy right away or to stimulate the genitals, but in the palm of your hand and just do a simple massage with it in your hand. And what it'll do is it'll get the recipient's body used to vibrations. So you can use it around, you know, the shoulders and the neck, that type of thing, just kind of cruise around the body really gently because the sensation of vibrations is going to be different, especially, like I said, if they haven't used them before. So just to kind of discover around the body, take it nice and slow. Like I said, you don't have to go smack right in the middle of the crotch, you know, and get it in there, you know, because you'll work up to that eventually. Just listen to their responses or even ask them, like, how do you like that? You know, and they might say, oh, a little bit more pressure or less pressure. Oh, that tickles. I hear that a lot. Um, if it tickles, what you can do is put a towel or like a scarf or something like that in between the vibrator and where it's touching on the skin. So this is really good if maybe you have a stronger vibrator that you wanna use. So more on that later, believe me. Anyway, going around the body like that and just introducing it is a really good way to get used to it. And then say, hey, why don't you use that on me? And have them get used to using it in their hand as well. And then going wherever you want with it, you can say, oh, you know what, I really like it when I use it this way and things and just kind of, you know, guide them, use it in their hand and guide them where you want it to go. That's a really great way to introduce one. Now, another funny thing that's happened when I had my store grand opening was I'd have customers in and let's say a woman who would say, oh, I want to get a birthday present for my boyfriend. What do you suggest? Now, you might want to consider, you know, a cisgendered guy that, you know, a vibrating cock ring would be great, something for them to enjoy. And what I would always suggest, I say, get yourself a vibrator and show them how you like to use it. And these women would be like, their eyes would get up and go, really? I'm like, trust me on this one. And about a week later, they would come back and say, oh my God that was the best present because a lot of times guys like to watch what's going on and that way you can show them how you like to use it and the visual pleasure of that is pretty amazing and then they become part of it so this is something that i think is the most important part is to have your partner know that they're part of it as well again you're not using this sex toy as a replacement for or anything it is to enhance your sex life which is why I love sex toys so damn much. Mm. Trust me on that one. So any other questions you might have, please send me an email, Kim sex Chat at Gmail, and I'll be sure to answer it on an upcoming podcast. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe. Just hit that little subscribe button and give it a five-star rating on Apple. And be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, partner, your dog. Well, you know, anyone who likes sex, thinks about it, wants to know more, you know, pretty much everybody. So subscribe, Sex Chat, Kim Ayers,
1: and tell your friends. Thanks a lot.